Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Angston. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons in studio, sunny Scottsdale, joined by my co-host, Randy Angston. What's up, feller? Hey, guy. Good. Doing good? I'm doing well. How are you? It's uh, it's interesting right now. We've got a new shutdown order here in uh, Arizona. The governor decided that the gyms are the reason for the spread. Yeah. Yeah. The we're, gy- we're the problem. Gyms are the reason. So a lot of gyms are standing up for themselves, uh, which is good, making some national headlines. Yes. So hopefully um, there really needs to be some type of lobbyist, you know, for fitness, well, health clubs at the government level. There really isn't. You know, when I was talking yeah. to my buddy Frank, he was he created his own for Massachusetts. Saw that. Ursa, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the big organization, is supposed to be the people that you know lobby for us and everything else. But just at the state level, because everything's coming down at the state level, state level, yep, it's just not happening. So, and there's nothing that exists. So, glad to see uh, the uh, owner CEO of Mountainside here in town, which is the local big box club, is uh, actually making national news now. Mm-hmm. He's just going to go ahead and sue the governor. He's going to sue him. Someone's got to. It's unfortunate, but at this point, it's you know, politics in the game. And it's, this, this is beyond health. This is a different situation that yeah. we're talking about. You know, we're nitpicking which businesses are, can and can't operate without any evidence, any reason behind it. Nope. I mean, some of the things that they laid out in this closure were, are, they're, they're ridiculous. Like to single out like tubing on the Salt River. Well, I think they're just saying where the biggest congregations of people are and just shut that down. Bars. You tell me that the Salt River is drawing that many people it's that it's going to be that big of a problem. And it's packed down there, but it's outside. I don't get it. It's just, it is. It's something that's not, uh, it's not about the, the health of everybody. It's something mm-hmm. else. So anyways, a couple of cool little announcements to talk about. We're deep in the planning stages for our fitness growth summit. We've got the uh, URL up now at uh, pfmarketingsolutions.com slash summit. If you want to get early bird access to be first to know that's that's not going to be happening until September, but uh, it's a lot of a lot goes into that. Mm-hmm. Got twenty two speakers lined up. We're going for thirty, and some of the biggest names you guys have uh, heard from are all you know jumped in. Uh, you know, excited to be a part of this. And as always, I mean, this is definitely going to be something that's business focused. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to just like our podcast, right? We don't talk about the mechanics of the body and nutrition and things like that. We'll leave that to everybody else. We'll talk about the business of fitness and yep. how to grow some, that. Bring some big names to, together and this will be good. It'll be good to Agreed. just have, a, have a, a, a chat with everybody and get some get their angle on stuff. Mm-hmm. So cool little topic is uh, everybody is going to have the same topic and uh, we're going to, it's going to go, we're going to have 30 different ways to fix the problem. I love It'll it. It'll be cool. Yeah. So this episode today is we want to know do you have a business or do you have a hobby? And there's some distinct differences that we're going to talk about today. And a lot of mistakes that people make, you know, a lot of, a lot of mistakes gym owners make going into this business. Uh, let's be real transparent. It's a really easy business to get into. Uh, you don't need much. In fact, you really don't even need a certification. There's not many people that come in and ask, hey, what certification do you have? You do have to have a business license and you have to have an actual 
incorporation. You know, you've got to be incorporated by your state. But entity. Uh, other than that, a bank account and uh, some space. And Pretty some much, yeah, you don't even technically need a facility. Uh, right. And I, mean, then, <laughs> I mean, you can rent space from somebody else. You can train out of somewhere else or you can, you know, own a building or you can rent your own place and well, call, we, call yeah, We've gym. seen people do it with boot with parks and boot, you know, boot camps and parks and things like that. But at the end of the day, right. yeah, the mistakes of building a business versus a hobby right. uh, are, are vastly you know, we're, we're, they're vastly different decisions. And, so. and, and this podcast is to help you level up, okay? That's one of our, our ultimate goals when we talk about helping gym owners win is we want you guys to win. This is a great business to be a part of, but it could also be, you know, hell too, if you don't yeah. run and operate it right. We, we work with gym owners on a daily basis, weekly basis, helping them just navigate because, you know, not just what's happening now, but like, let's just say this COVID wasn't happening right now. There's still problems and things that need to be solved. And a lot of them can be solved when you look at the through the lens of being a business owner versus just getting stuff done. Yeah, there you go. And, and getting stuff done uh, is great, but if we don't uh, have a system around things, then it's just kind of like a hobby. I'm just going to work today and going to train some clients. Yeah, with our coaching clients, I always use the term, um, you know, proactive versus being reactionary. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of business owners, it's just it's just the way it is, and especially if you've had your business for some time, if you don't have the goals and aren't clear in the direction you're going and things like that. You show up for work and you just decide or you, your day gets decided by what you do next because of what's presented to you. Yeah. Not what you're going to do yep. to move the needle forward. And that's one of the big shifts that we obviously make with our sure, clients. Sure. Sure. So let's go into a couple, we just jotted some stuff down before the show. We're just, we're just uh, spitballing here on a couple of ideas. But, uh, you know, one of the things when I was first starting is I really actually thought deeper than most about how, who I wanted to train. Mm -hmm. You know, when we first opened, I kind of wanted to train a little bit of the clients like me, but I knew bodybuilding and CrossFit were really just a sliver of the sliver because, yeah. it, you know, going back to URSA, URSA push, publishes stats all the time and they say 16% of all Americans belong to a health club. Okay. 16%. That means uh, 84. 4% don't. So now we're taking 84% of the market and throwing it in the trash. And now I'm talking to 16%. I really thought about this. I was like, you know what? I, I enjoy, you know, more bodybuilding style stuff. I was following some of the, you know, bodybuilders of the day and Coleman and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Talk about them in the, the cutlers book. and the. Yeah. And that's, it's all great. But let's like, if you're thinking about opening a, a business to cater to those people, you better not have any competition in the area because you're talking about 8%. 8% of the population is that bodybuilder style. Then you got the CrossFit, which is the hardcore, and let's just call that 10%. So now we're now we're talking about 10% of the 14%. Yeah. Or 16%. So I was like, you know what? Who Who is the biggest piece of the pie, and who can I serve? And that's general population. General population, your moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, people just want to look, feel better, move better, mm -hmm. and just have a better life. And so when we set the model up, we were really like, okay, let's not go too hard to the bodybuilding side. Let's just go more general population. And I think it's paid off over time uh, for a lot of reasons. But in the original days, I, you know, like I don't know if you guys have heard the story. I mean, if you've been on this podcast long enough, you've heard the story that I was. Op I opened a gym with training as an option, but most of it was like an anytime fitness, you know, key fob access, rent the equipment and come in and work out on your own time. Well, I quickly found out that the market I was in really, and I should have known this because it's high end, they really wanted 
training. Sure. They, they really did. And so when we shifted the model, that's when we started to grow. Yeah. But, you know, the consultants that I had at the time, they just were telling me a, a different story. So knowing your who you want to serve, but also looking at the of the bigger picture of who, who's in your market and how many people can I attract to the business that I can actually serve because it's a, it's hard to do bodybuilding and you know grandma grandpa in the Absolutely. same room. So I think that just from the the almost like the umbrella of it all, right? Like that decision ha that's a business decision from its inception. That's not the decision like, hey, I'm passionate about this, or I'm like I really like working out, really like helping people. I'm going to go become a, a, a gym owner. You know what I mean? Like there's still thought into, okay, I can do all of that, but how do I do that and make money? Make money, yeah. And and I think that there's so much stigma around making money. And especially in fitness, it's like you get those that, that really perform and excel at the monetary side of the, the, the business. And uh -huh. usually there's like an image with them and things like that. And then you got the guys who are like the science-based, want to help people, super in the, in the mix, but money is like so secondary. Like yeah. why is there none of that? We can have both. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm hoping that a podcast like ours or other, I mean, there's plenty of great coaches and, and leaders in the industry can help you guys or all of us realize like you can serve your people and still live a, a quality life on the side and have an income for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And trainers in fitness, we inherently want to help people mm -hmm. and they look at money as almost hurting somebody when they take that money from that person to pay for the services. But you you deserve to make a profit. You deserve to make money. You deserve to take all the risk and then actually get a damn reward out of the end. And there, there's psychology behind every part of that. You know what I mean? Like the exchange of value from a consumer to receive something like training or a service, yep. right? There's value. If it was free, they wouldn't value it. And no matter how well you want to serve that client, you, that charging of, of them mm -hmm. is part of that agreement with your client. And you know that's just one aspect. But we could go on just about that for yep. days. So another big thing that a lot of early gym owners, maybe, you know, and even some, some veteran guys, they just don't know their numbers. And, and when, you know, numbers could be a bunch of numbers, KPIs, you know, revenue per member, total members at, you know, retention, but I'm talking about P and L numbers, income versus expenses, profit, balance sheet. Um, if you don't know those things, you know, it's a lot of, People just push it away because they don't understand it and they don't want to deal with it. And accounting sucks and it's boring. <laughs> yeah. But it actually, it's it's your score. It's your it score on how how well you're doing in your business. And some people are afraid to spend money and not knowing that you know spending money to make more money is a good thing. Uh, and or, or they think debt is always bad. Which there's two depends on the situation. Two sure. camps. There's two camps of thought there. Like I, I you know I don't take on any debt and I'm you know I run a lean ship and you know. Without debt, like for instance, we're going to purchase a big piece of property and we're going to build buildings on it. And you got to, I have to take debt out to do that. But I'm taking that debt out, running through these numbers every different way. And you've seen me do it. And, yep. I've, and I've talked to so many people about this project. There's a lot more money at the end. And, Absolutely. And I have to take out those millions of dollars to do this deal. But there's some people that would never do that because they actually have to take on debt. Because of debt itself. It's sure. interesting. It's just an it just a mindset. The numbers thing actually dawned on me as we were talking you were talking mm -hmm. about that. I would be willing to bet that the I mean, I think that's it's it's inevitable. The majority of gyms that didn't make it or won't make it through COVID probably couldn't tell you where their numbers lie as well. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi Private Pro. 
Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. That could be true. You know, because I think, I mean, unless it's just dumb, quote, unquote, unquote, dumb luck type of thing, right? Like you just happen to have enough cash flow to survive three months of closure. But um, knowing your numbers is one of those things that you could do. You know, you can project. You can see the life of the business, how long we can go, the longevity and uh, your reserves, things like that. But it blows my mind how many gym owners we, we speak to constantly that years and years and years into business, 10, 15, 20 years of owning their gym couldn't give us simple, basic numbers of yeah. their business. Or don't know where to get them out of. Or, exactly. You know, sometimes, you know, in the early days, I had everything memorized. Now I just look at the P&Ls and we've got this kind of system. But there's people that'll help you, right? Shauna, you've heard her talk on mm -hmm. our podcast. She's got a great 13-month cash flow analysis thing that she does. They'll help you understand, do I have enough cash to you know, weather the storm. And yeah, sometimes it's a little painful to go through that mm -hmm. because it's, uh, you know, maybe you're not as healthy as you really think, or you know, you're not healthy on the fit on the financial level. And you just don't want to look it, at yeah. it. You don't want to peel the scratch the scab, <laughs> scab off and see it bleed a little bit. So knowing your numbers is absolutely important. And it's also a big part of what we speak to all the time about profitability. You know, it's, it's one thing to just have a, a giant, you know, how much money is coming in the business every month. But if you're clueless as to what's going out, you don't know how profitable that business is Yeah, at so all. expenses, uh, you know, and hopefully everybody, and we did this like day one, was take a hard look at your expenses and see, you know, is there stuff in here that I've got a, uh, a fifth, you know, music subscription that I forgot I had that I'm paying 20 bucks a month on? I mean, every little thing, it's base hits, right? It adds up. Oh, yeah. And also something that we are going to try here, I've heard a lot of good things, is Profit First. Um, I read a book, and I forget the gentleman's name. I heard him on another podcast. He, he had a Profit First for micro gyms. Micro gyms, yep. I heard on Jim Adams' podcast, so big props to Jim for having that gentleman on. And you know, I got the book the next day, and I read it literally two days. I got with Shauna, because Shauna's our accountant, and uh, she agrees that I think we should try it. So just... The odd thing is you got to open up like seven bank accounts and it's it's almost like the old school envelope system where when you get a paycheck and you get put a little bit money for groceries, a little bit money for rent or mortgage, a little bit for clothes, and then you only spend what's in that envelope until next month. It's almost the same thing, but it's a little bit more fun. It's digital too. So do, I'm going to do that. I just went to open up uh, the accounts yesterday. So I have to open five more accounts. <laughs> and my banker was uh, like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so so that'll be fun. I'll give you guys some more info. And maybe we'll have that guy on our show because I'd love to chat with him a little sure. bit deeper. But guys, 
you know, go check out that book, Profit First. Profit First is a book uh, that was written, but this one's for micro gyms. And, and he, you know, touches on like some of the stuff doesn't make sense in the big book for the micro gym level. I don't know. I really like it. Something we're going to try here. And um, again, I've heard some good stuff. So that, that would go into knowing your numbers every mm-hmm. every single month, every single day. Another thing we see a lot of gym owners do is do everything themselves. And there's some th- some psychology around this because I was uh, like this in the beginning. Um, I soon as I got out of my own way, things grew, and that was like I was the the linchpin, the linchpin. yeah, mm-hmm. the bottleneck in the operation. You do everything yourself for a couple reasons: one, you don't trust anybody to do it, or you don't have the patience to teach them how to do it. Uh, so you just try to just do it yourself. You know, I'll get it done. And everybody, you know, gym owners are workhorses. They will put the time in and just bury themselves working. (laughs) Hey, Tim Lance here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it. So keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. One of the first things that we te- we work with or when I'm in week one, when I'm working with them is the automate, delegate, or eliminate, right? Because yep. so much of that work is just done by them. And I always love the term, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yep. And it was like and a lot of that came from you and your initial struggle. And yeah. like you said, you had to get out of your own way and, and put the right people in the right seats of the bus. I love that term. And uh, yeah, that's going to that'll change your whole business. Yeah. So you don't have to do everything yourself. So a couple of things that we automate, delegate, eliminate or eliminate. Do, first off, do you even need to do this thing? So if you got this thing, do you even need to do this or are you just doing it because that's the old way you did it mm-hmm. forever? OK, that's the first thing you might look at. Automate, we love. There's so many processes in every operation and your life that you can automate, like bill paying, maybe cleaning supply orders, maybe, well, obviously communication. That's what we do with Keep. But there's there's things you can automate. Every, if you're going to do that thing every week, every day, every month, every quarter, every year, you can automate that. Yep. There's a lot you can automate. The other thing is spending the time creating the job descriptions for your employees to do what they need to do. And so that's something that we don't see a lot. And that's something we do in our coaching. We actually yeah. give you job descriptions for different roles. We've got four or five different models in there uh, in that section of the coaching that you can grab that the one that looks most like you. And I give you an evolution of like, maybe you're here, your next step might be here, then moving on as you grow. You might have two managers, you might have three, you might have four training manager, whatever. It just depends on how big you want to go. But having systems in place for those people to do. So not only job descriptions, but like it's something, and I go back to this one all the time. It's like, how do you answer the phone? Yeah. And, you know, we answer a phone a certain way. And if they have questions about certain things, we, you know, we, we respond a certain way. But the key here is that, and I'll tell the story about my dad and his company. The key here is that if that person leaves and you got a new person to replace them, they just have the same system. And so yeah. nothing changes. And again, we're trying to keep the customer experience about the same. Uh, story about my dad is uh, he worked for Xerox for 22, 23 years, something like that. And uh, 
it, it was funny how they onboarded their new employees. And in, in the past, it was always, and you might do this at your gym, is the, the last person in the position trains the new person. Oh, they're the freshest. They, they they did this the most recently. Yeah, they, you know who who are they replacing? Maybe somebody got a new job and they you know got to replace them, and so that person that's on their way out the door is responsible for training the new person to take their rollover. Big mistake, guys. And here's the reason why. Uh, let's just say the original person got trained by the the owner. Let's say the original person. Let's just say it's the front desk. Okay, you have a front desk person. The owner trained that person personally. And they said, this is what I want you to do for this. And this is how we do the point of sale. And this is how you make a smoothie. And this is how you tour the gym. And this is how you do it. And then you move on and that person's going to now exit the operation. And you know the new front desk person is going to come in and you're expecting that person who tra was trained by the owner to train the new person. So that game of telephone, yep. things get diluted as they go downhill, right? So the next person's going to get a little bit of a dilution, but also it's how that person decided to do their job is how they're going to teach this person how Absolutely. to do it. Not how the owner wants it done. And so that was happening in his company at Xerox. And by like the fourth or fifth or sixth person, like it was not even, they weren't even, <laughs> didn't even know their job anymore. It was so bad. Uh, and so in his new company and the way we kind of do it here is we have a, a corporate portal where we have videos and this is how you do that, something. And so no matter who you put there and who's replacing is they don't learn from the last person. They learn from the corporate training program. Absolutely. And that, it goes back to what you said. You know, it's all about keeping that client experience as similar, as repeatable as possible so that everybody who's walking through that door, when you execute your, your, that client experience, you solidify that brand promise. And that's exactly what keeps people coming back. Yep. When we talk about it, I mean, just read... It was an email that went out. I think you sent an email or something that we were talking about, you know, like major corporations, the the Starbucks of the world, the McDonald's. Mm. Like McDonald's is the name of hamburgers in the U.S., not because they have the best hamburger, but they, they crushed systems. Yeah. And that business was scalable and doable. And they did it very well. And that's the reason why it's a household name. Yeah. It's not because that burger's good. It's horrible. You know what I mean? I haven't had McDonald's but, in years. Oh, years. I, I was actually telling someone recently, I'm, I haven't made the decision, with the exception of like, you know, your road trip or something like that, where you're just in a bind and you find something. About like 18 years old is when I stopped considering fast food as like an option. Yeah. You know, it's been a long time, but it's amazing how it just it You go drive by that. The McDonald's down the it's, it's a line down the road. Uh, I took a picture. There was a guy with a CrossFit, yeah. <laughs> CrossFit truck in the, in the, uh, dry, in the drive-thru at McDonald's. I was like, come on. Don't yep. do that. Don't <laughs> do that. It. Park, walk in. Yeah. <laughs> Park around the corner <laughs> yeah. and ease in there. Uh, and so systems is obvious. And then uh, here's another thing, the business model. We've, we've touched on this several times, but the business model that seems to be the easiest for people to just jump into is this large group training model. Yeah. And then, and then they, the question is really why? why? Why is that the easiest? Well, I think it's the e easiest because it's the cheapest. It's the cheapest to sell. I can sell somebody for a hundred bucks, you know, with, with my eyes closed without, you know, offering really any solution to them. They're just going to come work out and it's going to be great. And there's a lot more of those people that are in existence. Yeah. They can afford, they can to, afford yeah. to sit in that seat. Yeah. And so I think as you get up in pr higher price point, you really have to have your stuff in order, you know, and your systems in order because somebody's going to think a lot longer after they're in your business paying you 350 a month and you're not delivering on it versus 99, mm -hmm. you know? 
So all these things kind of go into the business and thinking about the business versus just, you know, let's open the doors and hopefully people come in and train today and we'll have a great day. And it's really to open your eyes and going back to, you know, as you're listening to this in your car or maybe you're in the gym working out right now, is what do you have and what do you want? What do you have right now? Maybe you've got a great business and it's rocking and rolling and you don't need to be involved. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's where a lot of people want to get to. Absolutely. But maybe you're you're like, you know what, I can do a lot better. Mm-hmm. I can I could I could get this to a place where that I don't need to be involved and I can have just a you know, no stress involved because you know things are getting handled. If that's you, this is your you kind of wake up call to go back and look at the systems. If you want help with this, if this is some this is what we love to do. Uh pfmarketingsolutions.com slash call is how you would book a call with us. Uh, but I, but I implore you to go and do this because it's your duty. It's your duty. This is a big decision. You have a lot of risk in this business. If you're the owner and you're listening, you you're taking all the risk, and just to sit back and hope for the best without any kind of plan in place, that's you're you're really in danger. Yeah, in danger. Yeah, and one thing I want to drive home before you know we wrap things up is the fact that like we we work with every gym owner under the sun. We've worked from with the guy who hasn't opened his gym yet, you know, the kid coming out of high school with a plan. And we've worked with the master trainer who's been in the trenches, owns owns his gym, and has been training for 40 years. I can tell you the guys who have been in the gym for 40 years, still on the training floor daily, are the most miserable of everybody we've worked with. Not because they're not still doing something they love, but because they don't have the option of stepping away at all. And my piece of advice, like, you know, like Tim, Go do the work. Figure out where you want to be and where you are today because there is nothing more miserable than being trapped. And if you find yourself 20 years down the road, like the, the question I always ask when in considering this is like, if, if you stepped away from your business, how long does that business exist without everything falling apart? Hmm. And if, if you can't say weeks, months, maybe years, you probably don't have a business, unfortunately. You probably have a hobby or you're self-employed. And that's the hardest thing. And and I'm not saying this to, you know, there's nothing wrong with being in the training floor. There's nothing wrong with spending 40 hours or 50 hours, 60 hours a week in, in your business. But if if you don't have a plan for 20 years from now on how to not be doing that, if that's what you want to do, you're going to be there 20 years from now. So figure out where you want to be because we work with gym owners on the quality of life that they have for themselves. It's not just about the profitability in their business as well. And so a little different take, you know, it's not just the the dollars and cents through it all. I mean, you're going to want to take vacation. You're going to want to be able to raise your family. You're going to want to be able to see your kids' baseball games mm. and all of that type of stuff. And, you know, when 50 and 60-year-old, you know, individuals are getting on the phone crying, looking for help because they they don't know a way out, consider this your warning. Don't find yourself stuck in that position down yeah. the road. Yeah. It's a very scary you know, place to be. And I'll even add to that is you're into this thing, say for 20, 30 years, and you don't have a way to exit the business because nobody's going to buy a business uh, that's that you. does there's you. And so something to consider, you may be 30 years old, you may be 25 years old right now, but eventually you're not going to want to do this anymore for whatever reason. Maybe you just lose passion. Maybe you, 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 you want to do other things. Maybe you, you can't, you want to do other things, but you can't do it unless you just close your business or sell it and selling it being that your exit goal. That's a great place to be selling your business for a giant profit because it's got systems in place and you're getting, you know, multiples on your profit line Mm -hmm. and 
you can go do something else with your life, that's that's a great feeling. So something to consider is your exit plan in this whole thing. But to speak to that, right? No buyer is going to come along and say, hey, cool. I care how much money, you, how, how much you gross every year, but show me how it's done, right? Without you in this business, how does it, how do you make those, mm -hmm. this money? Where's this money come from? And if you can't answer that without you being the the answer to every one of those, you got some serious soul searching to do. Yeah. You get a people to put into that organization or systems to bring in because you can't sell a business that is you. Yeah, exactly. You can't. If you're you going to exit, can't. if you're exactly. going to exit, you could sell it if you're going to stay on board. Yeah, and then you're then you're full time employee. Yeah, yeah which was the, which was the you know the op. We should have worked on that a long time ago, right? So, <laughs> guys, all right. Well, hopefully this you know getting the wheels turning a little bit. Maybe get you focused, and you know maybe you decide today. You know what. This is the time I'm ready to move forward with growing something that I can sell, that I can operate, that can operate without me. Jump on a call, pfmarketingsolutions.com slash call. Until next time, guys, keep changing lives. We'll see you on the next show. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you got to do is join our private Facebook group, Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals right now. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you join, we're going to give you free access to our 10 fitness marketing strategies, seven-figure gym owners use to win. All right, I look forward to you joining us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great.